Recently, I've had some really creative interpretations. I had someone say, oh, I thought it was laughing at people who were doing yoga. I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds really (laughs) evil. WVIA's Mind Over Matter, a mental health initiative, is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital? Doctors? Health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital. It's for you. Want to fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I'm Tracy Matisak, and in this episode, we're talking about laughing our way to better mental health. Seriously, we're talking about humor and how a little LOL can go a long way toward improving our mental and even physical health. Our guests know a thing or two about the art of giggling. You might even say they laugh for a living. As president of Laugh to Live, comedian Janine Luby brings the power of laughter to businesses and nonprofits to help create happier people and happier workplaces. She's also host of the podcast Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. Janine, welcome. Well, hello. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. I really appreciate this. Well, Gab Benesso is an award-winning comedian who uses humor to empower people living with mental health issues and to raise awareness for those who don't. She was chosen as one of the 100 best speakers on mental resilience by Easy Care Clinic in San Francisco. Her comedy album is called Everyone's Dead. (laughs) Gab, welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Tracy. So, Janine, let me begin with you. We all know the old proverb that says laughter is good medicine, but why is that? What does the science tell us about how humor works to help our well-being, specifically our brain chemistry? Yeah, so and it's not to get too geeky for for the folks at home listening, but um, humor and, and laughter are actually two different things. So humor is usually the stimulus, the joke, the thing that we hear that leads to the laughter. But humor can also help us see things differently, like our challenges. And if we approach them with humor and try to find the humor um, that lead, you know, as someone like myself and Gab, we might tell jokes about it. But someone else just seeing the the humor, the irony, you change perspective. Uh, but humor can lead to laughter. And then laughter yoga, which is something I do, is just about the laughter. So it's more of an activity that doesn't even rely on the humor because we don't all see the same things as funny. Um, But humor is great uh, for perspective, as I said. But laughter, the research shows that it's great for everything from the head to toe. It helps to lower stress hormones. Uh, It helps to change our brain chemistry, the dopamine, the serotonins. It helps boost our immune system. Uh, Honestly, I'll be truthful and say I'm surprised that we're not using it more across the board because we've been talking about this since Norman Cousins in the late 60s and his case was talked about in a medical review, New England Journal of Medicine, how uh, with laughter we release endorphins and he got relief from a very painful connective tissue disorder. So the research is there and uh, we really ought to be laughing more. It's just true. And we all need to be laughing more, especially in the times that we're living in. I do want to come back to that laughter yoga because I think there's a lot that we need to talk about there. But first, I want to go to Gab Benesso because, Gab, you know from personal experience the healing power of laughter on mental health. Would you be willing to share a little bit of your own mental health journey with us and and how that led you to the work you're doing now? 
Oh, definitely. So, um, so I have bipolar disorder, type one bipolar disorder, which means I have um, major manic episodes, uh, which is less typical. You more here type two bipolar disorder, which is more depressive episodes. So I'm a very manic individual. I also have CPTSD, OCD, and anxiety. So I'm a multi-diagnosed patient, which not until recently have I been treated as a multi-diagnosed patient. For the longest period, I was only treated as a bipolar patient. So um, I really feel my mental health is like just skyrocketed in the last few years, and I'm feeling really, really good. But um, I came from a family where my mother went through a lot of childhood trauma. My father had undiagnosed mental health issues, um, but their tool to deal with grief, trauma, whatever was happening was comedy. So that was the natural tool that I learned from my wild Italian family. And it naturally was, you know, my way of life. So when I went to school for theater, I was about to graduate and my professor, my mentor was like, you're a character actress, Gab. I don't know what you're going to do, but you're really funny. What about stand up? And so I started doing stand up and I had just been diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And that was the most important thing in my life. And my father had just passed away. So I pretty much only talked about grief and bipolar disorder, which is not very typical in comedy. And right away, people were hailing me as an advocate. And I'm like, I'm just talking about my life. But it took a lot of work with my mental health to actually become a mental health advocate, I would say. Yeah. And I just want to follow up on that a little bit because you talk about, you know, laughter being a big part of the healing. Did you also do therapy? Did you use medications? Like what other things helped you? Yeah. Unfortunately, as a child, my parents were not open to therapy. My school tried to put me into therapy and my mother had a very visceral reaction to it. Her North Side Pittsburgh tough girl came out. She was like, I'll decide if my kid needs therapy. So I did not get the help I needed when we all knew I probably needed it. Uh, But when I was in college and my father got sick with cancer, I was able to get free therapy through the university. They had said I had bipolar disorder. Um, Then when I got out of school, I got a job in radio. That's where I got health insurance. And that's where I got the type 1 bipolar diagnosis. And um, yeah, I was put on a, a regimen of... I, my doctor called them antipsychotics, uh, you know, uh, Seroquel, Geodone. Uh, I mean, I, Abilify. I took every single drug there was. Unfortunately, I have very bad, um, I have bleeding stomach ulcers. So I can only do those regimens for like a year before my stomach starts to give out and I get very, very violently ill. So I pretty much use medication when I am in a manic episode to stabilize, normalize, but I pretty much have to get off of them about around a year of being on them. But yeah, and and it's a lot of holistic treatment too, because I can't take the medicine long term. So I have to do, I don't drink, I eat healthy, I work out more than the average human. Um, I have to be determined to get eight hours of sleep every night. So my life is a little rigid, but um, it's so that I can enjoy my life and, and and create and perform. Yeah, and those lifestyle changes are things that we all need to be doing probably a little bit more anyway, um, and they're also healing for our mental health. Janine, back to you. Um, Part of your work, as you mentioned, includes laughter yoga. Now, I am picturing somebody like cracking up in a downward dog or (laughs) snickering during Shavasana, but I'm guessing that's not how it works. You're correct. That's not how it works. <laughs> but you are not the only one to think that. And I've had re- uh, recently I've had some really creative interpretations. I had someone say, oh, I thought it was laughing at people who were doing yoga. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that sounds really <laughs> evil. Even I'm not that evil. Um, no. So laughter yoga was started by Madan Kataria. He's a medical doctor in Mumbai, India at around 1994 or 95. And he was one of the gentlemen who said, you know what, we've read the research laughter is healthy for us. Why are we not doing it more? So he gathered people in parks and 
And his story goes that he said they told jokes. They just they didn't know how to get started with the laughter. And they said, what if we laugh? just to laugh for the benefits of it, like uh, exercise or an activity. And it's the whole idea of connecting mind, body, and spirit. He's a medical doctor, but he and his wife both had yoga backgrounds. So they thought we're connecting the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's a lot about the breathing, breathing in and out. And it is, I will tell you, because I've led it for a variety of uh, children, senior citizens uh, at corporate events, it is perceived or received differently by different people. And depending on how seriously you take yourself, because I'm at, you know, when I'm leading it, I'm asking a person to just laugh at nothing. There's no joke. There's no stimulus. You're choosing it. Um, you know, and it's, it's fake it till you make it kind of idea. Um, and I had a friend last summer who gave me the idea, which I love that she said, introduce it as intentional laughter. And that's what it is. We're laughing with the intention of getting all those wonderful benefits that I named, you know, uh, lowering the stress level, all of that stuff, feeling good, lifting our moods. Um, and I can tell you myself through the years as someone who, I don't know if I'm an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert. Like I was the kid in class who didn't want to raise my hand. I was shy. If I was in a corporate setting and they brought a speaker in who was doing this, I might be like, what in the world is she doing? But I know myself after every single time that I lead it, I feel better. And I see people's faces. You see the stress kind of lower. They're laughing. They feel good. So it's really about pretend laughter, like ho, ho, ha, ha, he, he, that kind of stuff. And when you set aside time just to do that, you're choosing to do something healthy, just like you would choose to go to a regular yoga class or go for a walk or a hike or a run or a bike or anything like that. Do you find that the sort of fake laughter, in other words, the just or the intentional laughter ultimately does lead to real laughter after a while when you're in a group. It definitely does. And I will say that it is better, um, you know, during the pandemic, I was doing, I was funny, I was doing it more, but I was doing it on my Facebook page, my Laugh to Live Facebook page to offer it to people as a way to connect. And it's still, I mean, I know I felt good. I had people who would comment, I feel better, Janine, but there is nothing like in person for this kind of thing. Because if you're in a group and you're looking at each other, and I've seen it even in corporate settings, People who see their boss in a tie laughing like this, they just like there's something there's also a barrier removed and there's more of a bond created and a connection. But you start laughing with each other uh, because you kind of feel silly if it's different and you just laugh at your friend who's laughing and it does definitely become genuine then. Yeah. Gab, you and your partner, Josh, go into schools and you perform comedy that addresses bullying. Um, What prompted that and how do the kids respond? Uh, Yeah, well. It's a twofold. So long story short, uh, back uh, around 10 years ago, I was my mom's full-time caregiver. So I kind of needed a daytime gig. And my best friend was studying to be a principal at the time. She knew I'd been bullied. I was working with this musician, Josh Rabanitz, and she said, why don't you two create an anti-bully program? I'm like, how do you do that? She's like, well, you're a comedian, write a show. So Josh and I camped out in my mom's garage with like, you know, poster board. And we just wrote songs and stories about when we were kids getting bullied. And Unbelievably, it took off, became our full-time gig. I mean, the first five years was utterly intense. It was like Beatlemania, but for anti for an anti-bully band. I mean, we'd have middle school kids chasing our car, trying to not let us leave the school, like wild <laughs> stuff. Um, and then like about like right around the time my mom passed away, I, my brother passed away, Josh needed to leave the band. It was just like I was getting hit one after another. And I did it solo for a little while. And that was really, that, that was wonderful. And it really helped me grow as a performer. But now he's back. We, we just finished our 10th school year. And this season was honestly our best season of all. It was just incredible. 
the kids needed the messaging. The messaging has changed for us a bit. I don't feel right saying anti-bully because you're saying you're anti an eight-year-old who's who's making bad choices, probably because of a mental health issue or trauma at home. So I, I take that out of the, the dialogue now. It's more about <clears throat> self-care, self-love, you know, looking out for each other, empathy, trying to teach empathy, those kind of ideas. And it's just a blast. And it's the, it's honestly the best we've ever done. I'm really proud of us. So it sounds like it's not just geared toward the kid who's being bullied. It's really kind of for everybody, the kid who is engaging in the bullying as well. Exactly. I want this show to be for, for the kid who's bullied, the kid who is the bully, and everybody in between. I think that it's a, a message of self-care cannot be wrong for anybody. And I think if you practice self-love and loving yourself, you then have it to give to others. And it's, uh, it, you know, it's a pretty simple idea. And we just try to do it in a super fun, high energy, wild way. It's like Jack Black, School of Rock, but Josh and I play drums. <laughs> he plays electric guitar. We're like the White Stripes, but for little kids. It's, it's really fun. <laughs> I love it. Janine, what about learning to laugh at ourselves? Um, that comes more easily to some than to others. But I'm wondering what you think about how we can get better at that and maybe learn to not take ourselves so seriously. Yeah, that one's a tricky one. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I actually haven't read, I did read a, an, a study out of England that talked about the value of self-deprecating humor. But I think, um, and, you know, interesting times, it ha- we have to be careful about the messaging of it too, because there's, you know, there's so much to the opposite side of that where it's like, don't, you know, I mean, self-love is important, but I think awareness is where this comes from, right? Awareness and the whole idea of what I used to talk about or what I had read or understood for myself, self-deprecating humor, like a lot of comedians, if, you know, if they're a large person, they might address that in their their comedy. Or if there's something physical that people will notice, they're going to address that because they want to say, I have the power over it. So I'm going to say, yeah, I know I have, you know, whatever it is, some kind of thing that you're noticing that you, you know, might want to zone in on or make mock a little bit or something you're having thoughts I'm going to talk about it because I see it and I know how to deal with it or even wait or whatever it is I myself I mean personally what I go through right now I'm 51 perimenopause I'm talking about it in my stand-up uh, I'm talking about the trouble I have getting out of my sports bra now when I was used to be much <laughs> much more flexible years ago because that's reality and I think when we do that when we mock ourselves not to a point and this is where I think we have to be careful if people have really low self-esteem or they're really struggling perhaps that's not a path for them at this moment, right? But most of us, a lot of people have pretty good self-esteem and everything. Uh, learning to just look at yourself and just trying to laugh, it is not easy, but it, it takes practice like anything else. Um, so for me, like when I'm talking about those things that are relatable, I feel like the more we do that kind of thing, the more the people out there are like, okay, so I'm not the only person who trips up the steps or I'm not the only person who does something silly or whatever. And maybe that's a path uh, for them. But I also, I mean, this is just something I do. I will, when I'm driving and I start cursing, because I do this too, <laughs> I've gotten to a place where I talk to myself now to try and lighten the mood because you know I'll say to myself nope Janine you're not you're not going down this rabbit hole because it go only leads to negativity which is bad for me and that mood gets put out to everyone else so let's stop it right now so I would say practice literally talk to yourself you know read some books put some messages on your mirror or whatever it is to say hey it's not that bad take it easy and put things into perspective yeah lot to be said for lightening up and knowing when to when things are getting a little bit too heavy and sort of talking yourself back down. 
Yeah. Lots more to talk about. We are talking about how humor, how laughter can help us with our mental health. There is science to back it up. And we are talking with two guests who know a thing or two about how to laugh our way to better health. Much more to talk about on the Mind Over Matter podcast. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. WVIA presents a Mind Over Matter Minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Sam Faulkner from Geisinger. Creating a safe home environment is vital when a family member is in crisis. Following these suggestions can help reduce the risk and chances of self-harm or suicide. Guns should be stored and unloaded in a locked safe. Lock away knives, razor blades, and other sharp objects. Keep all medications in a locked box. Lock all toxic household cleaners. Monitor online activities for researching methods of suicide or purchasing items that could be used for self-harm. If you are concerned that a loved one has been exhibiting signs of self-harm or suicide, contact a mental health professional or dial 911 immediately for an emergency evaluation. Remember, you are not alone. For more, visit wvia.org forward slash mindovermatter or dial 211 to speak with someone who can help. Mind Over Matter is presented by WVIA in partnership with Geisinger. You're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. I'm Tracy Matisak, and we have two guests with us as we talk about the power of humor, the power of laughter in helping us with our mental health. Janine Luby is a Scranton-based comedian and president of Laugh to Live. Gab Benesso is a Pittsburgh-based comedian and star of Ride the Wave with Gab Benesso. It is a high-energy experience designed to raise awareness about mental illness. Um, we have been talking about all kinds of ways that we can incorporate more humor into our lives to literally lighten up and help our mental health. But Gab, I'm wondering about what you might say to somebody who is struggling with depression or some other mental health issue and doesn't even feel like they have the desire, let alone the energy, um, to laugh. And yet that might be the time that they need some laughter the most. No, truly. I um, I actually had one of my first experiences with Janine and uh, Scranton was I did a presentation. I did stand up comedy for um, the NAMI of Northeastern Pennsylvania. And uh, this woman, Marie, had convinced someone who was in a, the grips of depression to just enter. It was a virtual comedy show. She just begged her to just log in. She said, you don't have to turn on your camera. Just watch. And this woman had not bathed in a week, had not done. I mean, truly like the grips of depression. But she did log in. And I do my maniac routine and then I do a Q&A after and she and I interacted and she wrote Marie immediately afterwards and was like, I just took a shower and I'm going for a walk tomorrow morning. Like that's how quickly laughing and relating, you know what I mean? I also find that because I'm so open about my mental health and I am not ashamed of it. Like Janine has seen me perform. I am a maniac and I am a proud maniac <laughs> because I've worked hard to control this thing. You know what I mean? And so I'm going to show you the cool sides of it and I'm going to rein it in and, and, and be chill, you know, but I'm a very proud, like I don't have any shame in this and I don't think anyone with a mental health disorder or even a blip, you don't have to have a, a chronic diagnosis. If just you're going through a hard time, like there should not be shame, you know? And so I just, I really try to advocate that with my comedy who I am and I keep losing my AirPods because I have miniature <laughs> little ears and I'm a maniac. So I'm going to pick that one up and uh, yeah, there we go. Speaking of self-deprecating humor, um, and Gab, I think what you said is is so important because that really is the aim of this podcast is to 
reduce and ultimately eliminate the stigma around mental health issues. And I think for you, as someone who has had your own struggles to talk openly about that, um, that's got to go a long way toward helping other people kind of open up about what they're struggling with as well. It's honestly, to me, like, look, I love making people who don't have mental health issues laugh. And I love when they come up to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, now I understand what my son is going through. Like, I, I've been so hard and judgy towards him. And you've just opened my eyes. You remind me so much of my child, you know, or something like that. That's that's amazing. But when someone comes up to me with bipolar disorder and they're like, Gab, you get it. I have never felt so seen and heard in my life. Like, that to me is like I've. Like I could die a happy woman in those moments. So, and those have happened a lot. So, and many people come up to me and say to me, Gab, I, I'm a teacher. I'm a doctor. I can't be open about my bipolar disorder. So God bless you for spreading the word, you know, yeah. because un- unfortunately there is such a stigma, especially with that disorder. Janine, as we mentioned, you go into corporate and nonprofit workplaces. Um, what prompts um, an organization to call you and say, hey, um, we could use some more laughter around here. How does that work? And then I guess the other part of my question would be, do you use other techniques besides laughter yoga uh, to kind of get people to lighten up? Yeah. So um, a lot of times, well, way back when I I was on a platform where people would go and they were seeking, you know, presentations that were different or something unique. But a lot of times, you know, what I've been asked is, okay, so things are getting, you know, we're having a big change at the company. So things are a little bit, you know, people are are not feeling comfortable or, you know, stressed. Uh, Prudential, a couple of years ago, they were having in Newark, they were having just a a simple wellness fair. And they were doing uh, not just in addition to vendors, they were having presentations and I was able to be part of that, which was great. I was there in their Newark location, but they also, this is even before the pandemic, they were using uh, like satellite, whatever we want to call it at the time to all their different branch locations so that everyone could take part. And a lot of times it's, it's tied to, to wellness, uh, to stress relief, um, to, like I said, if there's been a change in the company and the, the moods, let's say the attitude is, is not so great. You know, there's, uh, something going on there that they could, they could use some lightening up and maybe some bonding. And, and that's typically when they come to me and I, I agree wholeheartedly that, you know, obviously I, I would benefit because, you know, I, I do this for a living, but I do believe that, uh, employers need to offer things like this, whether it's what I do or other types of things, because, uh, we, we need it. Everyone's even more stressed these days. So anything that can help lighten up and from the employer to say, we care enough about you because we know it's just smart business. You know, if you have someone who's more content and happy at their job, then they're going to do a better job, uh, you know, and they're going to care more, I believe. Um, and you asked, in addition to the laughter yoga, some things I've done in the past uh, before the pandemic improv. Uh, is another, you know, fun thing to do that gets people to look at themselves and their jobs a little differently. Um, The whole idea of yes and is the basis for improv. And I don't want to geek out and do too much about that. But when you get people working together, you get them to use their creativity, their imagination, and it's great for problem solving. And they kind of work together, maybe people who don't normally interact in a company now they have this opportunity or if they interact and they don't necessarily like one another here's an opportunity for them to have something that's a little bit more fun playful and lighthearted. You know, I'm thinking as you're saying that about all the people who are now returning to the office, right, and employers are wanting people to come back two, three, five days a week to the office after being away for a couple of years because of COVID and the collective trauma that that caused all of us um, and sort of 
on the other side of that, um, I'm interested to hear from each of you, and Gab, I'll begin with you, um, some of the ideas that you have around how we can all add a little bit more humor to our lives um, on the back end of this pandemic. Um. Wow. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's impossible to teach humor, I would say. But I mean, any area that you can just find a little joy, like Jenny was talking earlier about road rage, right? And I developed this thing because I, I, bipolar, I call it, it's not road rage. It's like road uh, psychopath behavior. Like I, I literally <laughs> follow people to different states. Like I had to calm down, but I'm so much better now. But now what I try to do is like um, road sarcasm. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're a great driver, you know, with like my Jack Torrance smile from The Shining. And, you know, and usually when I do that, they're like, thanks. And I don't get the reaction I want. But then that makes me laugh. You know what I mean? It's like the irony of the situation. So, you know, any little humor, like when I was my mom's caregiver, we would have laugh a minute in like waiting rooms we would do shtick and like you know when the nurses were acting bizarre we'd make jokes like we just had so much fun with every little thing we could find and i think that's like the key in life you know absolutely janine what about you what are some ways that we can just you know sprinkle a little more humor into our lives so I will say, Gab, I apologize now. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit there. I used to think that you can't teach humor, and I still kind of believe that some people are more inclined. Um, but I'm reading a book now called Humor Seriously, Why Humor is a Secret Weapon in Business and Life. And the idea is that anyone can kind of at least, they, they're not, you're not all going to be like taking the stage maybe, you know, and, and starring at like, you know, Caesars. Is Caesars still open? I don't know. Um, but but you can learn to at least take the approach lightly. And I, I would just say maybe ask yourself the first question, what does this mean in my life right now and in, and in a day or several days? Is it going to be that big of a deal? And just try to laugh at it. I mean, or, or start talking in a funny voice, start singing, start humming, something that gets you away from the anger and the negativity. I'm also thinking about, you know, just things like um, funny podcasts or funny TV shows, maybe that um, we can, you know, start being more intentional about watching, bringing into our lives and just sort of adding a little bit more laughter. And and on that subject, um, do each of you have a favorite funny TV show or movie that you can count on to kind of make you laugh and, and lighten up your day a little bit? Gab, you first. Um, you know, honestly, currently the show that makes me laugh the most is Abbott Elementary. I just, because I work in, you know, because I do a lot of my work in schools and I think they really understand the public school dynamic and it's set in Pennsylvania and I love my state more than anything in this world. So I would have to go with Abbott Elementary. Yeah. Yeah. Great show. How about you, Janine? That is a great show. I'm going to have to pick two just because Seinfeld was my first love. And uh, now I would say The Office and not just because it was you know based in Scranton and the references you'd get so excited like oh my gosh they mentioned Dixon City how exciting um, but it's just it's funny I just I, I it's my go to show even if it's just on in the background that and Seinfeld it always make me laugh yeah and and we need something like that I think that we can count on that's sort of like a go to right that we know we're likely to get a good laugh out of it and uh, it's amazing how much better you can feel on the other side of that um, Janine very quickly we mentioned that you have a podcast and we were talking about you know uh, laughter about humor about podcasts tell us very briefly about yours. 
So Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl, um, it's not just about wine and it's not just about uh, anything funny or laughter, but my goal every week is to inform, inspire and entertain and specifically by highlighting or featuring different women. Uh, So every Thursday I release a new episode. Gab's been on five times. Yes, she's a serial (laughs) guest. Uh, She likes her Cheerios. Uh, But I'm bummed. No, um, so I, I like to just have women uncork, as the title says, to open up, share their story, whether it's opening up a business. Uh, getting your business through the pandemic, training for a marathon, uh, how you handle your mental health issues, um, you know, someone who's just starting a business, someone who's made their way through cancer. I mean, you name it. And I just want them to be able to proudly share their story and then that the listeners will gain something of value from it. And I know that they do. Yeah. And Gab, how about Ride the Wave with Gab Benesso? Oh, you know, I'm so excited to say I have so many live performances to to do half comedy, half mental health speaking all summer long. I'll be in Williamsport. I'll be in Philadelphia next week. Um, I'm going to be, you know, all throughout Pittsburgh and the the region. I'm just, yeah, I I feel very blessed that people want to hear my story and they allow me to incorporate humor and to try to educate while making them laugh. Well, for our listeners, uh, if you are interested in getting some more information on both of our guests, you can find Janine Luby at Laugh to live.net and you can find gab at ride the wave with gab.com once again laugh to live.net that's janine luby gab benesso can be found at ride the wave with gab.com of course janine luby is a scranton based comedian she's the president of laugh to live and gab benesso is a pittsburgh based comedian the star of ride the wave with gab benesso it is a high energy hilarious experience that is designed to raise awareness about mental illness. I just want to thank both of you for providing us with our daily dose of laughter and for being with us and helping us to understand how humor can really help us, all of us, with our mental health. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. You're listening to the Mind Over Matter podcast. For more information on this and other mental health topics, check out our website at wvia.org slash mindovermatter. I'm Tracy Matisak. Thanks for listening. See you next time. WVIA's Mind Over Matter, a mental health initiative, is underwritten by Geisinger. When you hear Geisinger, what comes to mind? A hospital? Doctors? Health insurance? We're all those things. But here's something you might not think of. We're also your local pharmacy. Geisinger Pharmacy isn't just for people in the hospital. It's for you. Want to fill a prescription? We've got you covered. Just need over-the-counter stuff? We've got that too. And Geisinger Pharmacy is run by your friends and neighbors. We're your local healthcare system and your local pharmacy. 